Okay, cheers. 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 We we all have drinks today because we need <laughs> them. Mm, drinks are necessary. <laughs> Although mine is coffee. Mine is not alcoholic. I'm sorry. Oh my I know. God. I'm Krista, sorry. Again. You're always not on the same page as the rest of us. Either you show up with a mimosa or you show up with coffee. <laughs> An entirely different stimulant. <laughs> I need the energy. I need the energy. I'm sorry. Lord bear me energy. <laughs> okay. So cheers. Um, let's get right into what's happening in the world. Krista, I see that this time you have added a Taylor Swift to- topic to our planning document today. So let's let's I let's I did, go there. I did add this one. Have y'all seen all the AI porn of Taylor Swift on Twitter? I have not, no, but I've heard about it. I've heard people talking about it. I have not seen it. Yeah. Um sounds so rough. It's pretty awful. terrible. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Uh, a couple days ago I saw that AI Taylor Swift was trending and I was like this can't be good. And it was not. Um, so yeah, these people made a bunch of images of her doing really bad things to like, I think it's like the chief's coach and of her in a bunch of compromising positions and oh my God. Um, yeah, it's pretty terrible. And I think the pictures were live for like 17 hours and then finally got taken down, but they had, you know, infinite, views and retweets by that point and you know screenshots and stuff um but she's i think she's considering taking legal action i don't even know what that means and i don't know against who but this i think is what scares me the most about ai like the fact that somebody is able to produce like insanely realistic deep fakes of anybody they want anybody they want um and all the misinformation that's going to come with it. And it's like, what can we even do about it? It's absolutely terrifying. Um, but it just, it's sad because like, while she is somebody who has all the resources to take action, um, like imagine all the girls this is going to happen to. Uh, yes. That it will just go unnoticed and they're just going to have to deal with it and nothing will be able to be done. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a really bleak aspect of all this. Yeah, it, it really makes you question what's real because they are so realistic at this point that it's hard to say. It's really hard to discern. We've lost that moment of like, I can tell this is fake. Now it's like, wow, that looks actually quite real. And so, yes, that's my concern too, of like, if you're a teenager in this era of where somebody could make this up. And, and again, it's your word against the visual proof of the image, which is terrifying. Yeah. And so scary. I know. I remember being in high school. Um, cause I'm, I mean, I'm I'm younger than you guys. (laughs) And that was when, well, usually you give me shit about it. Instagram (laughs) was starting to become, (laughs) yeah. There was a lot of revenge porn when I was in high school and college. Really? Um, yeah. Like pictures and videos taken during like certain things and just posted. And uh, obviously people were slower getting that stuff off, but it was a big deal. Be- I mean, it was written into law. Like there's like law and like rules about it now. Um, <clears throat> this is kind of feeling like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I imagine like I, I, saw, yeah. <clears throat> I saw some of the pictures like blurred or just like general settings and you can tell that those are fake I can imagine it's still really fucking jarring to see your face in that picture but yeah for the girls and even the men I mean I'm sure it's happened to men too like the women and men who are victims to this that are like kind of regular people with regular resources and like you can't what are you gonna do like what do you who do you report that to you know I can't imagine yeah it's it's going to get so violating. And, I, and even like the misinformation side of it going into an election year. Um, I'm so scared of what that's going to be like. And it's already started. I think a few weeks ago, I saw something about robocalls in New Hampshire before some primary election. Um, it was Biden, but it wasn't Biden. And it was Biden's voice telling people like 
stay home. Like you need to save your vote. It's so important for you to save your vote for November. Um, and just encouraging people to not go vote at the primaries. Um, and yeah, it's like, if, if the, you know, the older generations, I feel like if they don't know that this is happening, ugh, it's just, I'm so scared for what later this year will look like with the election, with all of this. I saw a tweet a couple of weeks ago about basically the young, the generation of young people today. I don't, again, I don't know if it's Gen Alpha or another one has started. I can't even keep track, but it's basically like their, what they think of as reality is going to be fundamentally different than our definition of reality because of AI. And so it's this thing of like, what's real, what's true. Like it's complicated enough on the surface of it, of it. There's always a hundred you know, interpretations of everything. But now this is a whole other layer on top of that, which makes it even more confusing. And yes, it's easy to weaponize too. So it's, it's doubly concerning. Yeah. And it's going to happen so fast. Cause even think about us, like our generation, I think was the first generation that obviously normalized online relationships and friendships. Like before, before we normalized it with like, Tinder and Twitter and all these apps. Um, I think online anything was looked at as super sketchy, not real, um, something to be made fun of. And then we normalized it very quickly. And now, like, look at us. We are all <laughs> very real friends who <laughs> met online. Um, and I just that happened so fast. And I can't imagine how quickly, like, all of this is going to happen. Uh, it's well, so funny think- you say that. Because I remember watching like a rom-com that from like 2005 or 2010 or something and the couple had met online and they didn't ever want to say it. Like it was such a big deal. Oh, yes. I remember yeah. this was This was definitely a trope in many, many rom-coms, but it made me laugh because I was like, people don't care now. Like it's actually yeah. way more common. Like Austin and I met in person and people were like, whoa, like IRL. And I'm like, Yes, out in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, that happens. <laughs> even, even in 2013, when Tinder was really new, it was still super taboo. And I would go on dates and I would be like embarrassed to tell my friends that I met the person on Tinder because it was still so just seemed really weird to people. Um, and then, yeah, 10 years later, and that's just like how most people meet now. Yeah. Um, don't you think that don't you think that AI though and even like AI editing features further complicate those types of dynamics or like context because it's the thing of like unless there's a tool built into the app that tells you if somebody has used AI to edit their photo you go into this this setting where you're meeting the stranger you're putting a lot of trust into what they've the information they provided you but then you show up and they the person looks nothing like their picture because it's been so edited or it's an ai gem- generated image and you don't even know it yeah so i i mean that's already happening now but i would just think that it just makes i'm thinking of like the larger implication of how we trust each other as human beings and how much yeah. we uh hold back because we're like well i don't know what's actually true. Like, I don't know if this is a real picture of you. I don't know if this is actually who you say you are. I feel like it creates a lot of mistrust innately. For sure. Oh, totally. And I, I just think the only solution is that we're going to see kind of a circle back around to way more in-person things, in-person events, in-person, in-person hangs. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) There's an article uh, by Maggie Appleton that Alex and David and I were talking about, it's about like how to identify humans on the internet in the age of gen AI. Um, and it was mostly through the, through the lens of like content. So, you know, content marketing and writing on the internet and how you can tell if someone it's, it's them or if it's a AI bot or if they use AI. And there's a lot of interesting ways to like qualify it. Like obviously AI can't generate like original thought and opinion, just like very specific elements of analyzing certain text. And there was one of the, one of the ways of doing this. I think it was the last step. It was like, spend more time in the meat space, which is literally like a word for IRL, like in real life, like the meat space. Oh, like meat suit. Yeah. Yeah. And it was saying there was a, um, 
they link to this article about the fetishization of offline first life, which I think we've seen that on Instagram with like cottage core and like, I just want to live on a farm and like raise chickens and wash my clothes and like this, the pendulum for millennials is swinging the other way. And is also mentioning like real estate price in more densely populated areas has gone up because people want to be around other people. Um, Like there's just so many signals, at least for folks our age and older that are just like, fuck this. Like, I don't want anything to do with this. And yeah, I think that I, I don't know about Gen Z and younger. Like, I really don't think that like A, it's a popular train of thought. Like you definitely feel likely like an outcast when you're already pretty socially aware, right? Like some oh, 25, yes. you're just like caught up in the, you know, you, you, I couldn't imagine being in high school or college right now. Like if you didn't have a TikTok or Instagram, you'd probably be such a pariah or you just wouldn't feel connected. You just feel just mm-hmm. fundamentally disconnected. Like I don't have a TikTok and it literally doesn't bother me. I'm like, get that shit away from me. But I feel like there's a privilege because I'm like, I'm post those years. Like I don't need to be subject to like what my peers are doing. There's other ways to be connected. Like I'm older or whatever. But yeah, I, uh, I think our age and older, definitely a lot of more, like a lot more focus on IRL. And it's, yeah. it's almost like the, um, the minority now. <laughs> Interesting. Spending time in person. Hmm. I got to tell you, I got to be honest. I've been having a lot of difficult conversations about this exact thing lately of we live in this very rural area and it's great because it's cheap, right? And it's centrally located and it's easy. You know, I can go to the grocery store and come home and it takes 20 minutes. Like I don't have to wait in line. There's a lot of convenience to it. But the reality is it's super isolating. And again, for 10 years, I've been working alone from home by myself. I don't have a third place. I don't have a coffee shop that I can like go and hang out at. There's no co-working space. And I think it's really damaging. I think it makes me feel super unplugged from the world. And so now it's like, okay, do we move? Like, do we sacrifice the low cost of living? Or like, do I move away? And do I go try to find something new? And because I need that. I need, even if it's the alone together thing where you're sitting in a co-working space and you're not talking to other people, but you're around other people. I think that that's like, it's catching up. It's catching up. And I've played the game of like, this is fine. This is fine. Like there's enough benefits to offset. It's fine. And now I'm 35 and I'm like, whoa, this is, this is a serious, this has serious ripple effects. It's not just, it's not just, um, I can roll with this. It's like, wow, I'm, I feel super unconnected as a human being on this planet and I got to fix this. So it, it, it adds up. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because I was actually on Reddit the other day and I was I was going down a rabbit hole and it was kind of the same theme of like this cottage core like fetishization of that farm lifestyle. And there was a discussion. I don't even remember how I got on this, but there was a discussion about like, oh, it'd be so great. Like I don't want to see people. I just want to be out out in the middle of nowhere. Like, leave me alone. This guy chimed in and he was like, Listen, I grew up on a farm. I appreciate my lifestyle. It works for me and my family. It is really fucking isolating. Oh yeah. There are, there's definitely a lot in between living in the middle of the city and being overwhelmed every day and living alone in the middle of nowhere. Like there's a lot that exists in between that spectrum. And I think that's kind of the, the key is finding first of all, what works for you and your family, but also like testing a couple different options. Like suburbia or maybe living a little bit outside a major city where you know in your heart if I needed to be around people it's within an hour but I don't need to see them every day like and maybe that's maybe that's what you'll find Kaylee is a better compromise where the cost doesn't go up drastically but you still feel within reach of folks I'm big on the alone together thing like I'm very much introverted but like going to a coffee shop and just seeing other people not talking to them. I'm like, I'm good. Just check the box. Yeah. The day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it yes, really does make I think a we're like, difference. we're, we're built for a connection, right? We're like built to be herd animals. We're not, we don't do well by ourselves. We kind of start to die a little bit and I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I'm dying a little bit. So I'm, I'm like, what can I do differently? Like, how can I, how can I foster this greater sense of connection? Like this podcast is a, is a move in the right direction. When we meet in real life and we record together, like that feels like a move in the right direction, going to meetups and conferences and like doing co-working retreats with fellow freelancers face-to-face in the same place. Um, I want more of that in my life. And I feel like those are very planned, structured, 
formalized things. And I want a little bit more like jazz when it comes to that, to be able to just pop in somewhere on a Thursday and have more of that feeling. And it's, if you live in somewhere very rural, it's difficult. It's just, it's, you'd really have to travel. And then again, it becomes more formalized, more structured. You have to plan for it. You can't just improvise and like pop in. Like Krista, I'm sure you probably do that a lot, right? Like I go to a coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. And it does make a, it makes a world of difference. It really does. The alone together thing. I just Um, think Austin is like probably a great place for that where there are a lot of those third places. For sure. For sure. And Allie, you too in Chicago. Like, do you have places you go or do you stay home because you get in the zone at your computer? Um, so I've worked remote my whole career. It was, it's been super lonely. Um, obviously having like video calls and just knowing there's people doing the same thing I am other places in the world is nice, but they'll read, it'll, they'll, there will come a time in the week that I'm like, I need to go to a coffee shop, right? I've even gone to a bar (laughs) and just like worked with a drink and like seeing people out doing life is so satisfying to me. Um, but I think it's interesting because like Austin goes into school every day and he comes home and he's like, no more people. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I need people. So like going and that's why I can't work out at home. I have to go to a gym. That's why like I I do improv, like knowing I at least have one plan every weekend that are around people. Um, it's good for my psyche. It's almost like having a vacation on the horizon. It's just good to have it. It is. It's important. It's really important. And I'm sure a lot of other people feel that way too, because remote work has grown so much in the last decade. You know, a lot of people probably are feeling this or feeling the catch up feeling of, oh my God, I've doing this for a decade. And honestly, like when I was thinking about it last night, I was like from age like 26 to 35, my youth, right? Like my young adulthood, I've spent alone in my house. That's upsetting. That's really upsetting to me. It's very, like you said, it's very lonely. And I've known this the whole time and I kept let it happening. I Like I allowed it to keep happening. So yeah. anyways, kind of depressing, Man. but <laughs> something to think about. Well, even I though, do want to, oh, go sorry. ahead. No, no I was go, about go, go. to keep, well, I just <laughs> no, no, say, no, no, say, say. <laughs> I feel like I've even heard people um, kind of going back on the remote work thing. Like, you know, Um, a lot of companies in Austin now do like a hybrid thing. So like they ask everybody to come in twice a week. And I have a friend who started a job where she goes in every Tuesday, Thursday. Um, but so does the whole, like the rest of the company. So her whole team is there Nice. and she really was dreading it at first, but now she loves it because yeah, like they're all there and you can get, there's just certain things about building relationships with, I guess anybody, but especially coworkers, you just can't get remotely. Um, you can't, there's nobody to pop into their office and like shoot the shit with, or like, Hey, it's my birthday. Let's go get lunch. You know, just like those moments of humanity. You miss them. Just the in between moments, like where you're sitting next to somebody all day and you're just kind of trading like sarcastic jokes, just like, yeah, just out of nowhere. Like you just you don't get that. And it makes me sad. It does make me sad. It's really sad. Yeah. I mean, I've I've never gone into an office and I didn't mind it until COVID. People kept like just regaling remote work like oh you've been doing this for your whole like career this is so nice I finally get to work from home like I only get to do that if I'm sick and I'm like dude just wait and and I know now some people like parents uh people who are maybe taking care of a sick relative like there's some folks it doesn't work for I would kill to have somewhere to go in the city to work that I knew I had people that we're doing the same thing I was doing. <clears throat> We've talked about like having co-working space across the country for folks to go into. To me, it doesn't really solve the issue because I don't have any coworkers here. Uh, I could do the same thing if I, just by going to a coffee shop, you know? So we're not doing that. But it's there's something to be said about just participating in life, like going out, smelling the trees and the flowers. Like Austin and I had this big conversation about this concept of inconvenience and how many businesses have tried to solve for that, like Instacart, for example. Okay. I think going grocery shopping is really important. (laughs) 
Especially well, if you work from home. And sometimes you find things you didn't even know you needed or yeah. wanted. But just, but just participating in everyday life, right? Like mm-hmm. you can convenience the hell out of your life. And what ends up happening is all you have to do is sit on the couch all day. And what life That's is true. that? Not to go in like integrate with society and deal with the frustration of traffic or whatever. But that's just part of life that I think like fewer and fewer people are a part of now. And I think like when I, when I have the guys in town, we have an offsite here and I'm going down to the, like to a co-working space and going down into the loop in Chicago, I'm taking the train. I'm like, this is so fun. Like, look at all these people like bustling and hustling and like, sure. I don't want to do this every day. Like every, every day would be a drag. I'd probably probably lose its luster, but once in a while, I'm like, ah, the world is still turning, even though I'm really fucking depressed sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Krista, every time you travel, you say like you're out doing your main character energy, like just like out in the city, you know, like yeah, yes. walking around, seeing participating, what's going on. part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's alone that. together, alone together. That is yes. lovely. It is. It's nice. Okay, I have to know about the leggings. Like, I know. The legging, yeah. leg, legging legs. What is this? I've seen it. I don't know what it is. Just quickly. I saw a video on Instagram this morning about it. And apparently it was this like theme, this uh, trending theme of like girls having the perfect legging legs. And I think it's a callback to the thigh gap, which just makes me oh. really upset because I thought that we had done away with that. <laughs> And like the girl, the girl that was doing the video, she, she was essentially saying like, this is really dangerous. Like we shouldn't be making this a thing. And she had a bunch of videos and like the comments under the videos kind of churning or going through as she was talking over it. And it was a bunch of comments like this girl has the best legging legs. This girl is so hot or whatever. And someone's like, did we go back to 2000 Tumblr? Like, why are we talking about people's like thigh gaps and their legs? So I don't know. It just it stuck out to me because I was like, I thought we were over that. I thought we were embracing yeah. Yeah. booty, like all types of bodies. I'm, I'm looking at photos now. Yes, it does seem to be very specifically tied to the thigh gap. It bothered oh, me. Oh, God. I'm very surprised this is trending without people like completely dragging it to hell and canceling. Because mm-hmm. it just seems like, yeah, I like don't you said, know. We're, we're way past that, should be. The yeah. yeah, I hope so. But this is social media zeitgeist is so fickle. Like one it day really something is. is the worst. One day something is okay. We'll accept it. Let's push it. It's just like I can't. Yeah. Another reason why I have very little interest in keeping up in that world. Yeah. Well, this transition transitions nicely into the next topic, which is the women being <laughs> bunny, deer, fox, or cat pretty. So. Allie, you put this in here, right? Walk us, give our listeners a little bit of background on what this means. So I put it in here because again, we are obsessed with fucking typecasting and it made me laugh because at first I was like, somebody sat down and thought about this. (laughs) How nice would it be to have the time? Um, (laughs) But it's also funny. I, I do appreciate how it's like, all women are pretty. All women are beautiful. How? right? Like what are their strengths? What are their redeeming or not redeeming qualities, but what are their best qualities? So I did appreciate how it wasn't exclusionary in nature, but I thought it was, I thought it was interesting because like a bunny, silly, timid, curious, high spirited, social affectionate cat is outgoing, dominant, spontaneous, impulsive, independent, a deer, shy, wary, quiet, nervous, observant, peaceful fox being, you know, sly, mischievous, intelligent. Determined, kind of like in line with how we classify the animals themselves. So I basically wanted to ask you guys who you think you are, or who we, who you think you know the others are, because I don't even know. First of all, those are personality and characteristics has nothing to do with your face, not physical. Yeah, I got a real problem with tying it to pretty. Second (laughs) of all, I absolutely want to participate. So without a question, (laughs) I'm a fox, a hundred percent fox. I've Agree. always felt like a fox. Yes. Agree. I'm a fox. You're a fox. Because I'm always like super observant and like eating little snacks and like basically like, what are they doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> so that's a fox to me. Uh, okay. Now somebody um, else go. Allie, I want to say you're a cat. I I think I am. I also I see that. was told that my spirit animal is a black panther. 
Oh, so right. that, could be, there, that could be another thing that we talk about. Yeah. Maybe this is with spirit animals and people have like really parsed it down to four options, which I don't agree with. Um, but yeah, I thought cat as well. Yeah. Say more. Say cat. why. Uh, well, the funny thing, I don't know. Would you guys say I'm outgoing? I, said, I think you're very mellow. And I, I don't think know that, that that's tied to outgoing. You're very ambitious, but you're very mellow. Well, it's like we've talked about before. I, you you say that you are more outgoing, like around the right people. Like yeah. a cat. Conditionally. Like a cat. Conditionally. That's cat. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, definitely relate to the dominant, independent things. Not really impulsive or spontaneous. I also don't know if cats are impulsive or spontaneous. I got I don't this from think a that they are. I think they do what they want to do. Article. Yeah. I think that's attracts. Yeah. What about you, Krista? What would y'all say that I am? I need to I need to know the qualifiers again. They're in the document. Okay, I'm looking now. Oh, I see it here. Okay. It's it's funny because these buckets of like adjectives don't like <laughs> they don't relate to each other. <laughs> I know. I would probably say you're also a cat. Interesting. Okay. What would you say? I'd say bunny slash fox. But you're not timid. I think, I, I think, no, you're not timid. You're not timid, but I can see how you are a little bit more held back, like observant, like hanging out on the sidelines, watching what's going on, reading the room instead of being like, you know, like super outgoing. You're more like reading the room. But then that's kind of fox behavior, too. I was going to say bunny. Okay. Yeah. I would say bunny with the occasional fox tendency. Okay. I like that. I'll take it. Because because (laughs) you're intelligent and I think you're like, like you like to work. Like you're very determined. I don't think that you're sly or mischievous. I don't know. The buckets are difficult because it's (laughs) not a one size fits all. It's really not. I know. Um, Have you guys had the spirit animal conversation with people? I feel like that's really more fruitful when you're with like the people that know you really well. Like Alex and David said, I'm a black panther. Okay. I didn't self-diagnose. Yeah, self-diagnose. I don't I know probably would what say I would fox say. for you, Kaylee. What's that? I really I probably would say fox for yeah. you. Yeah. Fox even without these four buckets. I'm a fox. I just am. Krista. I don't know. I've never thought about what my spirit animal would be. I feel like when it comes to you and you're like, "Yes, it just hasn't come to me yet." Let's what if it's back. Franklin? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Not Franklin any dog. is my spirit animal. Specifically Franklin. Specifically, yeah, specifically Franklin. Franklin. Yeah, I Amazing. mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. That tracks. We'll figure I mean, it out. I don't know his personality, but I would assume that he's like the person he spends the most time with. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. I'll take it. All right. Um, there's one note in here about the top five values quiz. Can you tell us what that is? What is that? Okay, so I took a quiz recently to determine what my top five like life values are uh my sister actually shout out to my sister she sent this to me um and i'll pull up what mine were but i was mostly curious like because this is another like typecasting thing in a way like another personality quiz kind of thing um so i was curious how y'all feel about val like values in general like do you think it's do you think they are these things that you are kind of that are baked into you? Like you're born with like a predisposition to have a certain set of values or do you think that they change with you? Um, or do you kind of think they're bullshit like new year's resolutions? <laughs> so many questions. Answer them I, all right now. <laughs> Go. I uh, clicked through to the quiz cause I'm a quiz slut. Uh, there are, 42, 50, 50 values that you basically, have to, I'm assuming you sort through it, start to parse it down. Yeah. Um, I kept 42 and in the discard pile, I put uh, nine and it got to the next stage where it was like, choose your top 15. And I was like, I can't. So yeah. I don't oh, know what that says about It gets about pretty me. hard. Where I, okay, so born with values, yes, because one of the values I discarded was religion. 
And I was born, you know, with religion. It was part of my life until I was in college. I don't, that's not one of my values. I did put spirituality in the keep pile, but religion and faith, I both punted because those are not how I, uh, that's not how I view, like I am more spiritual than I am religious. Yeah. Uh, I also punted fame and competition, which is funny because I used to play a lot of sports Competitiveness was a huge thing for me since has faded potentially in the business, like a business environment. Am I competitive? But I would not want that to be a theme in my everyday life. It would exhaust me. Um, but otherwise, a lot of these values are are important to me. I, I don't know. I think it was um, hard to narrow them down <laughs> Yeah, because it feels like, no, I don't believe in friendship. Like that's important to me. So all of this is important to me. I I guess it just depends maybe more of like in what specific relation, like in my relationship with Austin, certain values are important. In my relationship with work, certain values are important with my friendships, um, with myself, like relationship to self. So I think that they're a little bit more situational. That makes sense. I can see that. Okay. I was just clicking through to get a real taste for what the things were. What's interesting to me is that I just did this kind of rapid fire and I kept almost everything except for like six or seven things. I did not narrow them down, but it seems like I just want all of it. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, give me all of it. I want all of it. So what happens is like every step, it makes you narrow it down more and more and more until oh. at last you get down. You like have to narrow it down to five. Um, and so eventually you're kind of like, well, friendship and family are both important. So I'll keep like relationships. So you just, Uh, you kind of like narrow it down that way. But, um, yeah, I just find the concept of values interesting. And like, because I think aside from other, like different from other personality type things, we place so much important on so much importance on having values. And so it's like, I don't know, like when y'all go against your values, which happens to everybody, I feel like, does it really bother you? Depends on what values. Yeah. It depends on what it is. I guess guess that inherently prioritizes this list. Yeah. Um, True. I guess it's, it's interesting how they've structured it because once you get further on, you know, like creativity versus, uh, something, uh, hold on. (laughs) It's a long list. Creativity versus loyalty. I would choose loyalty. Yeah. So some of them are just so inherent to me, but obviously if I could have both, I would. So I don't know. I guess it depends on which value is versus which value and the setting. And it's just, it depends. My favorite answer. That's fair. (laughs) My potentially spicy take is I think how much rigidity do you have in your life already? So if you are a person who really values religion and faith, and that's a guiding principle of your life, I could see how that's going to prevail over a lot of other things because that's kind of inherent to the organization itself of like, this is sacred, right? Like this is untouchable. This is really solid. And so I think it's like, is that important to you in your life? Do you have that in your life? If it is, it's going to inform a lot of your other decision-making processes where if you don't, um, you have more to choose from, I guess. I I think what I'm trying to say, and again, this is why it's potentially spicy, is like I think that those kind of structures that make everything black and white kind of close off the bubble a little bit. If And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think it's it's part of participation because everything becomes more, um, like I said, black and white. It's a little bit like this is the top and, and like everything beneath it falls in line. So yeah. it's it, that's kind of what I'm trying to say. That's why I- It's not a bad thing. It's just like part that's of the That's why structure. I don't participate anymore because I don't think yes. life is black and white. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, 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 no shade to anybody who does, you know, oh, I'm going to give no a shade. shade. <laughs> okay. Allie's going to give a shade. I'm, I'm going to stay PC and trauma. throw my hands up. Uh, yeah. But I also don't do well with confrontation or conflict. So I'm like, don't kill the messenger. <laughs> I'll do take what it you all. want. I'll take it all. 
Wait, yeah, Allie, yeah, do. why why did you put Tesla sucks on here? <laughs> um, I don't know. This is going in a different direction. I, I don't know. Do you guys know anybody with Teslas? Yes. So I was reading that their stock dropped 25%, which everyone's always had interesting opinions about the company, Elon Musk, all that jazz. But lately I've heard a lot of stories. One of the, per- one of the people in my improv class has a Tesla, a couple um, other accounts I've heard of on like t- on X, Twitter, X, whatever, LinkedIn, funny enough. Uh, people's Teslas have been like glitching the fuck out this winter. Oh, they have just been absolutely dying with the cold weather. Um, haven't had enough battery to get to a charging station station. Charging stations have like completely died or not worked with the cold. Um, and I think at some point if the battery dies, you have to go buy a whole new battery, which is like $20,000 or something. It's just like such an interesting, it's always been an interesting business model to me. Like I'm all for electric vehicles. I also am like a little bit of like a survivalist. So I think it's kind of silly to that, have that be your only form of transportation, but seeing the stock drop, like all of the headlines were like, pull out like pull your investment out, which is only going to make it drop more. So I, I just think it's going to be an interesting couple months. Yeah. Well, and haven't they also been catching on fire and stuff? I have not seen that. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen some issue where, yeah, they, they combust a little bit. I don't know how did often you, that happens. Did you guys ever see uh don't leave the world behind? Or leave yes. The, yes. Yes. The Tesla scene. Yeah. Pretty terrifying. Very terrifying. It. What happened? Um, they the, had programmed they all the Teslas. The, the Teslas, the auto driving ones. Yeah. So then they're just like driving all over the city with no driver. Just crashing into each other. Crashing oh. all the roads. Yeah. I see. Yeah, that one was pretty yeah, crazy. Bad. Anyway, yeah, super off topic, but Tesla kind of sucks. Sucks. Boo, Tesla. That's the name, the, <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Name of the episode. <laughs> sorry tesla Going sorry elon i know elon yeah. listens sorry man yeah sorry um so what are we watching reading loving right now mm. <laughs> i'm back uh you guys would be proud of me that i watched another new show two new shows at once <gasps> Woo! what Locked. is it all the light we cannot see did you guys ever read that book i did did you watch they just released a limited series i tried to and i thought it was super boring i'm so sorry <laughs> oh my god oh, no. how far did you get like four or five episodes in five i five. really liked five. the book there's though. only four episodes <laughs> okay well i got pretty far in and just granted it's one of those things too where like i was in a really bad place when i watched it and so i was probably just like fuck this tv show <laughs> Oh, I mean, I had my rant last time, so don't don't apologize. Um, yeah. yeah, Austin, like one of those World War II boys, he just watches documentaries to go to sleep. I don't know okay. if that's red or green. That's his Roman Empire. Sure, yeah. Um, so he started <laughs> watching it because it's primarily set in like I think the timelines go between like April 1944 uh, when the Americans invaded France, and then back to 1940 when the Nazis initially invaded Paris. So it kind of like jumps in between and he was like, this is another World War II show. And then he got started. He was like, this is not, it is, but it's like not. And I saw it and I was like, oh, this was a book. I want to watch it with you. So we restarted it, watched it. It was good. It was, it's only four episodes, like hour long. I really do like the limited series vibe. Have you guys seen the Griselda show that just came out with Sofia Vergara? Mm -mm. Same vibe, four episodes, hour long each. I'm like, this is like four movies. I love this. Yeah, it is. Um, It is essentially. It was good. If you like World War II slash novels. I liked the book. I really liked the book. It was interesting because you can tell with the dialogue, it was it was initially a novel. Like the dialogue. Is there a narrator? Different. No. But you can just tell by the way they talk to each other and like the story is told that it's so much more. It just struck me as a lot more creative dialogue than would have been just from a, like a straight up screenplay. Um like sometimes it veered on like cheesy or like over emotional for what would have been a World War II story. But I thought it was good. I thought it was interesting. The acting was really good. 
I like Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo, Hugh Laurie was in it. I don't know if you guys ever watched House. Yeah, yeah I love very, that show. He was very good in it. So would recommend. Yeah, strong cast. Just mentally not in the right place for it. What about you, Krista? Um, so after Chicago, talking with Allie and Austin about How I Met Your Mother, uh, I decided to rewatch. And I'm already almost done with the first season. Um, and I just forget how much I like it. Like, I I think when I haven't seen it in a while, I always default to, like, how many issues I have with the last season or the finale. Um, but then when I start watching it again, I'm like, God damn it. They're so good at this. And it's so sweet. And every episode, I'm just like, okay, fine. I I remember how into the show I was and for good reason. Um, so, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun rewatching it. That was the most bunny reaction I've ever seen in my GD life. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. It was. I had to call it out. That was like such a bunny review of a show. <laughs> How's it bunny? I don't know. It just is. I can't define it. But it was like, oh, a bunny would say that. <laughs> a bunny Whereas I, again, like the fox is like, I wasn't in the right mood. Fuck that show. <laughs> and you're like, it's so sweet and lovely and charming. It is. <laughs> See it's the so- contrast? Okay, I think I I tweeted this, but I need to say that, like, the writers for most of the show, they were just so good at building a whole world and pulling you into it with, like, the perfect callbacks to stuff that seems so insignificant or so throwaway, but because they keep calling it back, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened, and you, like, feel like you're part of the group and part of it all. And there aren't many shows like that. Um, But they do it so well. And I think that it it just made it stand out so much more from other sitcoms. Um, That's one of my favorite. Is it like The Office? Because The Office kind of does that. Is it similar in that way? I would say The Office is good at it, but how about your mother almost made it a game? Like they almost like gamified the show. I I was I play every time I watch it. I play a game of like, did they know to shoot this or did they have to go back and shoot this? Yeah, and you, exactly. Like, watch like the makeup and the age of the characters, which they're brilliant at covering it all up. And also, now like, I have to watch Neil Patrick. Neil Patrick. Neil Patrick Harris <laughs> does not age throughout the show. Yeah. He's just fascinatingly. He still hasn't. Beautiful, um, but yeah, I love. Love that show so much. Yeah. It, I almost it, just said shout out to Doogie Hauser, and then I was like, Allie's not going to know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh. <laughs> it's an old ass show from being real small. So you want to know another thing I love about him, Yim, is I, I like so many people in the show are married to each other. Like Neil Patrick Harris is married to Scooter. Um, ah. uh, Lily is married to the weatherman guy who's just a pain in the ass. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Taryn, Taryn Killam and Taryn Killen, Killen yes. whatever, and married Colby. to Colby and Kobe and she, he's in the show. He's the, yeah. uh, steak sauce guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I just, I feel like they just had episode. so much fun on set. Just like, I know. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yes. I know. I'm sure it was. Oh man. And I will say, I know I texted you this, but Robin's character should have been bisexual. Like, she just should have been. She is. I'm calling it. I've decided. Yeah. Could be. It's possible. Anyway. I I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, What is Aesthetica? So to take it back to being real depressing, TM... (laughs) Um, So this is a book that was recommended by a reader friend of mine on Instagram who did her annual year in review. And like she does a little Instagram story and gives a little blurb on each book. And so this book struck me because it's about this woman who is 35 and she's had a ton of plastic surgery slash like Botox filler, boobs done, like all these things. And she's an Instagram influencer, a very successful one. And she gets to 35 and she decides to go to this company called Aesthetica where they will undo all of that work to get you back to what you would have looked like if you'd never had anything done at all before. And so it's fiction, but it's a super interesting look at uh, like what those types of things, like the impact of those things, um, like how this woman views herself, why she decides to get this procedure, what it means to her, what her backstory was of like, 
each new thing that she did to enhance her appearance. I think it's a fascinating study in like what it is to be a a woman living right now at this period in time, because I think it kind of peels back the curtain on a lot of things that people don't really talk about related to this stuff of like things that can go wrong and like the pain associated with it and how it complicates the aging process. Because if you have, for example, like it was talking about getting chin filler and then as your face ages and gets pulled down, like all of a sudden you have this really strange looking chin that's not aging with the race rest of your face. And so it's, really depressing. It's, it's like a difficult read, but it's so fascinating. And it's stirring up so many things in my brain of like, again, like I'm somebody who's had stuff done to her face. And so I'm personally relating to it. And I'm, I'm also just thinking like, wow, how many other people have these thoughts and feel this way? So it's, I don't know. It's really good. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I feel like we should talk about that. We should, we should, yeah, we should put a pin in that for another time, but yes. I think it's good. I think it's good to talk about it's because really it's important. like, yeah. why do you do it? How do you feel about it? How has it changed over time? Yeah. What's your relationship to it now? All these things. Because I, I think it's something to be celebrated to an extent, you know, like I think it, there's no shame, but it's also like, like I remember the last time I got a little bit of work done, I called my friend Steph and I was like, Next time I want to do this, will you talk to me before I do it? And just double check why. You know, yeah, that's not good. That it's bad, but just like, what's the why? Yeah, why are you doing this? Sense, but I remember thinking like, it's just, it's very, there's just a lot that goes into it. It's a very complex decision-making process. Um, and that's me as someone who can't, like, doesn't really want to pay for it. Also, I couldn't imagine someone who has an abundance of money who can really pick from whatever menu they want. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll definitely need to unpack. Yeah, would fascinating. Would, would you say that it's something that is like a slippery slope? Like, oh, I'm just gonna get a little Botox, and then the next time you're like, ah, oh, I kind of want to try this other thing. Like, is it is it that vibe? I I think it depends on your personality type. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I yeah yes mentally yes. I am also a baby. <laughs> and I don't like needles. I think that's been my saving grace because not only is it painful to get most of this stuff done, really painful to get it dissolved. Uh, so most stuff, like you said, Kaylee, like it, it doesn't just go away. So right. it, it and this is the really side of things that people don't really talk about that like no. things can go wrong. Things can go wrong. Yeah. Or like the natural aging process, which I, I've, I've only gotten filler in my lips and that was three years ago. I, I do Botox on the reg. Um, filler is a different, a different beast, I think. Um, both of them are additions to your natural self, but filler is a little bit different. So, but I've been, th- I've been toying around with doing something soon and I'm like, yeah, so we should definitely talk about yeah, it. Yeah. We should talk episode. about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to kill the vibe right now. I'm going to cut it there, but the book is really good. The book is, is super interesting. Interesting. Been thinking a lot about it. So, okay. what is hunks? Who's going to hunks, and what is it? I <laughs> love male strip shows. I love what? male strippers. I love them really? so much. Yeah. Okay. So, did you watch the Magic Mike's first yes, question? Of course, I did. Okay. What a fun um, time! I just think that they're so much fun. I think that they're so hot, even though most of them are gay. I just love <laughs> the vibe so much, and. I went to a male strip club for my bachelor party and I was up on stage really? just like the best time. Oh my so gosh. My friend, really? <laughs> my friend, I don't know if I'd classify this as like my guilty pleasure. I don't really feel guilty about it at all. Um, but my friend Jill is coming into town next weekend and we're going to this show, this male review show called Hunks. Uh, oh. And I will report back, but I am so okay, yes. excited. So all right. funny. I think I'm going to be real honest. I think the only thing I like about it is that there are men doing the same thing women do. I mean, it's different, of course, but like, I like the balance of it. You know, yeah. like, it's not it's just a thing that women do. Yeah. yeah. Men do it too. I like yeah. that balance of it. I would actually rather go to something like Hunks than like a regular strip club, I think. And it's not, it's not even a strip so like the male strip club I went to, like they're not just standing around a pole and just like waiting for people to stuff dollars in their 
underwear, which is great, right? It's more like, like dancing, it's right? more of a performance. It's more yeah. of like a show, which I think is like a little bit lighter weight than a strip club. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, review is, is very accurate description. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know, but I've been to to normal strip clubs and I don't like them. So I don't know what I've that never says been. About, I don't know what that says about me. Vibes I don't know are if it's off because I'm like. Men, Never been. you're vulnerable. I'm safe. I'm happy about this. I don't know. Wait a second, though. What about a burlesque <laughs> show? Because that's something I'm interested in. So I that think to me that seems that, more in line with yes. the review. It's, it's like a performance. A hundred percent. I've never been to one. I think I would really like it because I'd be I think fascinated. I the whole. I'm like, yeah. this is fucking awesome. You are amazing. Yeah. I think that that's kind of what this is. It's is less like, a like male. Yes. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even know if I'd call it a strip show. I think I'd call it like a male burlesque performance yes okay that that makes sense to me there is a burlesque place in la that i went to a few times with friends um called jumbo's clown room and uh it was a name it was very fun it was very fun it wasn't like i feel like this like the strip club thing vibes are off but it was very different as a as a burlesque show. That's a much better way to classify that and like drag shows. Have you guys ever been to drag brunch? I've been to a drag show? brunch. Yeah, Love so it. fun. Love what a it. delightful time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yes. So let's classify what I'm going to in that bucket. Not not okay. a strip. Yeah, we'll yeah. just not use the word strip. That uh, makes but sense. Yeah, I'm really excited. So I'll okay. come back. Excited to hear your your review of the review. <laughs> that was fun. Okay. Lightning round with two to three fun fun questions. First question on topic, because Barbie. You're made into a Barbie slash any type of doll. What two items or accessories do you come with? Allie, you go first. Uh, what did I say to you guys when I surfaced? Oh, lactate and my Kindle. Nice. <laughs> nice. Those are good. I forgot that you said lactate. I like it. <laughs> Kaylee? I think mine would be a golden retriever or any dog, but preferably my own golden retriever. And I I wobbled here. I was like, do I say a book? But then I don't want to be committed to one book. Should it be a snack? Because I always need a snack. I think I'm going to go with snack. I think I'm, I want to have a snack if I'm going to have an accessory. I don't know what snack is. Okay. Probably like Lay's potato chips. Baked or regular? A little bit of both. I like to have oh, options. A mixed bag. <laughs> a mixed bag of two kinds of chips. Special. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Barbie lays. Or, or a string collab. cheese. A string cheese. That's the other one. Okay. Keep that yeah. away from Golden me. retriever and a string cheese. Um, mine would be a fountain diet coke. And 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 yes, my dog, Franklin, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every girl's accessory. Allie, you can have both your cats. Too. <laughs> just on me. Just two cats. Two cats. Unless they don't feel up to it. Those can be add-ons. Don't. You need to purchase those separately. Ooh, upgrade. Yeah. Okay, next question. You're on death row and you get to pick your very last meal from one restaurant. Which restaurant are you choosing and what are you ordering? Ooh, that's Go. a good one. I don't have mine, so I need a minute. <laughs> I need really? A minute. Okay. Mm-mm. Um, my friend asked this the other day. We always ask these kinds of questions to each other. Um, and I, wait, first, do either of y'all have yours or do you still need time to think? I have it now. Yes. Okay. I want to hear y'all first. <laughs> no. Allie, you go first. No, I have two. <laughs> I have multiple. I don't know. Kaylee, you go. <laughs> okay. So mine is, my favorite restaurant in New York is Palma. They have these gluten-free Cassioe pepe raviolis and then a like a chicken it's like a breaded chicken cutlet and a little salad that comes with it it's my favorite it's my favorite okay it's the best it's a good one any like any any wine or anything with it like you're you really gotta you can go ham because this is your last meal I would like a really cold glass of Riesling with it that would be good like a Fritz Zimmer Riesling if that means anything to anyone it's sweet. kind of sweet, but it's not sweet as sweet wine. as Moscato, but it's like nice and crispy. Yeah. Are you, are you a sweet white girl? I mean, I, I'm not a wine person in general, but if I'm going to drink it, I want it to be almost grape juice. Oh, I need the driest, so, yes. the driest of the whites. 
Yeah. I can't do it. I'm like, yeah. If I was about to die, (laughs) I would eat all the things that I can't eat. So gluten and dairy. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Honestly, you fucked up. You you fucked up. I... What, okay, when you're making me order from a specific restaurant, that's what like trips me up. Because the last meal, ugh, I could figure that out. But what stands out to me, and you know, this, okay, so Krista, the burger episode of Him Yim, the Green Door. I have a Green Door in Prague. Was never able to find it when I went back. But when I studied there, my God, that was 10 years ago. Holy shit. Um there was this pasta place across the street from my college, the university I was going to. And I actually opened my Google Maps before this. I couldn't fucking find it. So it might be closed. But this was before I knew what I know now about my digestive system. There was this pasta meal and they served them in like these Chinese takeout boxes. It was basically just like pasta with like cheese, like I love Parmesan cheese. I think it, I think I would eat a block of Parmesan cheese a day if I could. And that would be my meal. And I don't even know what it's called. I don't know where the place is. But hey. If so is it just like to, butter sauce on the noodles and then Parmesan cheese? Butter noodles. It's almost like Abed and Community. Like his butter noodles. I don't know if you guys ever watched that show. Uh, yes. Yeah. And just a fuck ton of cheese. And then I wouldn't have oh. to deal with the shits because I'm already dead. <laughs> That's true. You're welcome, like, listeners. <laughs> You're welcome, That's listeners. a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like it. All right, so both pasta. Y'all both want pasta. Well, Kaylee, I'm pasta with cheese. I'm going to give you an opportunity to revise yours. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, you know I will. She does do not you, accept. Do you want to now revise given the gluten-free thing? I still, I stand by my meal, but I want to add the biggest loaf of Italian bread with like that nice European butter that's really like high fat content, but it's lukewarm, so it spreads easy. Yep. Oh, can I add something else? Yeah, of course. B-dubs, wings, garlic parmesan. Ooh, that's my favorite from I haven't had wings, like boneless, because they're always fucking breaded. Yeah. And are you not a bone-in wing person? I'll make them work in order to get the wings, yeah. but I don't enjoy yeah. it. I'd rather yeah, just have not big ideal. old chicken nugget type wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't have any like weird bones and stuff going on. Yeah. Nobody we are so fucking Midwestern. It's not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> ranch. I just want a bucket of ranch. <laughs> Mashed potatoes. Hidden Valley, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this was so easy for me. It's not even funny. I would absolutely only order from McDonald's. Like that's gotta be my last meal on earth. No, come on. Okay. It hits everything. It's nostalgic. It will remind me of (laughs) my childhood, my time here on earth. She really thought about this. (laughs) I, I can hit all, I can hit breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I can do uh, egg McMuffin, hash brown. I can do cheeseburger and fries, large diet Coke. Um, you you're just, getting excited just talking about it. <laughs> nuggets. It's McDonald's. Uh, come on. The nuggets are the worst nuggets, Krista. So question, Krista. They have you, fish breading. Would you request oh. a run through the play place before the needle? Only if it was the only if it was identical to the kind in the nineties. The new the ones, big, the big place, like the you, big with the ball, ball pit. Your mom ball can't pit. even see you in there. They she exactly. can just hear you. You're only, probably getting abducted, but or yeah. you're getting who knows like, what's uh, at the bottom of the ball pit, like hepatitis we'll never or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like um, the bottom of a pond. <laughs> <laughs> Living creatures yeah. swimming around down there. McDonald's uh, all day. Just everything on the menu. Respect. Respect. Mm -hmm. Get me a frozen Dr. Pepper while you're there. You know, Krista, if you like an add on, if you eat McDonald's before you die, it will live with your body forever within you. (laughs) Perfect. That's perfect. True. Eternal McDonald's. The coroner or the whatever. Honestly, I can't think of a better way to end my life. 
This food this has eternal a McDonald's. 37 years. <laughs> oh, McDonald's, you should sponsor us just for that high praise. I mean, Krista said she wants her last meal to be all of it from all McDonald's. It. So <laughs> within my arteries forever. <clears throat> yeah. Eternal McDonald's. Oh, That's man. the name of this episode. Eternal <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> oh, we have a lot of like quick titles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gang. Well, I think that's it for today. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. My drink's gone. This is Cheers. Empty, empty smoothie. Almost.